Hello, everyone. Welcome to our one-year anniversary special episode of the Ultra Hope Girls podcast. We are so happy to have you here listening, and we are so excited to present some fun games today, as well as some questions and answers from the creator of Danganronpa himself, Kadaka. And with that, let's get started. Just a heads up that this episode will spoil the entirety of Goodbye Despair. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And you're listening to Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Dong and Rumpa podcast. <laughs> you're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Happy one year anniversary, I know. Guys. I cannot believe we're here already. It just feels I like know. it's flown. It's yeah. crazy. What? A whole year. Yeah. One whole stinking year. I mean, we can hop into our first activity, which I think is going to be very interesting, in which yeah. we're rating the cases of the first two games. Or rate ranking, I guess is the better term for that. But yeah. Five out of five for all of them. Five out of five. Love Danganronpa. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be very surprised by everyone's rankings, you know? Like we talk about them on a a broad scale, but putting them actually between games together, I feel like could could lead to some surprises. Yeah, Yeah. true. Have you guys ever seen the meme of like the dude who, um, I think it was like, it was like some Reddit thread at one point where he was like, Every every now and then I take a bag of M&Ms and I take two M&Ms and I hold them together between my fingers and I crush them as hard as I can and one of them gets crushed and one of them stays intact. So I take the intact one and then I get another M&M and I make them compete with each other two at a time until I find the strongest M&M in the bag. And then I mail it back to, to M&M company and, and tell them to use that M&M for breeding purposes. That's so funny. <laughs> That's what this reminds me of. I had to like do that in my head. I had to like pair them all up and be like, which one will win? <laughs> That's so true. And I, I usually went on like a gut instinct. Like I looked at a list of all of them like in order. And then I was like, okay, which one's the worst? And I said this one. Okay. And then I kind of did it like that. Yeah, I did like best and worst going towards the middle. I had the hardest time arranging the middle-ish mm, cases because yeah. I was like, I can find strong pros and big cons with all of these and I don't know what outweighs the other. So Right, it's so true. Yeah. All right, so, so should we go in like worst to best and then we can all kind of go do one at a time. That way we, we all get a chance to kind of equally talk about something because, you know, we may repeat ourselves that way. We yeah. I'll get a chance. All right. Shall we start with our last place? Let's do it. Yeah. So we have 12, right? And so we'll go 12, 11, 11, 10. 10. All right. Who wants to go first? I think you do, Maddie. Oh, okay. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Marin tells me what I want. You've been Um, well and told. (laughs) That's good. That's good. All right. So my number 12, my least favorite case in Danganronpa of the first, you know, two games is actually um, case two of Trigger Happy Havoc, the case with Mondo and Chihiro. I really liked a lot of the like messages from that trial and I liked how it ended and I liked you know Mondo's character development in that. Um, and I did think moments of, of it were interesting, but I felt a little bit gypped because it felt like one of those murder mystery th- thingies that like 
you had no hope of solving on your own. It was only at the end, very end when the ball drops about like Mondo and the, the blue tracksuit that you can make that connection. Like there's not actual evidence implicating Mondo at all until the very end. And the thing about like Byakuya messing with the crime scene still confuses me sometimes when I'm just kind of like, like why though? <laughs> and like the reveal about um, Toko and Genocide Jack was cool, but it was just like a lot of chaotic things happening that didn't necessarily feel like they were tied into the actual events of the murder um, in a way that you could like put the pieces together and be the detective. Like, I just felt like I couldn't do that in that trial. And so that's why I ranked that one last. Okay. So my number 12 is the SDR two ending the case six of SDR two. I love the twists in this game. That is not the thing that I don't like. It's more the how the twists were presented to us, which I ranted about this in our case six episode. But this case, it's not so much the what, like Chiaki being the AI and like the, um, oh, what was I going to say? And the fact that they're in a computer simulation, like that they are ultimate despair. All of those twists fantastic it's the how they were communicated that i don't love as much it was high key an info dump um just big time and i just wish that it had been done in another way and it was one of those things where like it was just like oh yep let's find all the books and read the books and that's it and that's all we do and we don't like there's no puzzle pieces to put together because it's basically just told to us you know what I mean? So that's that's why that is my last place case, though I love the ending. Um, I think that it just wasn't effective. My last place case is case three from Trigger Happy Havoc uh, with Celeste, Taka, and Hifumi. I feel like that's probably, I, I don't feel like that's probably a surprise. Um, I really hate that case. That is the only case that I did not enjoy playing, um, which is a strong statement from someone who's a part of a dog and rope uh, podcast, you know? <laughs> Um, it was just it was so convoluted and I got to the trial and I was able to figure out what was happening but I didn't really understand it yeah it just felt like a sacrifice of a lot of interesting characters for no clear purpose and so I uh that that was my least favorite there you go yeah there you go um (laughs) my so numero 11 numero 11 number 11 is um for me my second least favorite is actually case one of trigger happy havoc um baby's first murder baby's (laughs) first murder (laughs) literally though that's like the primary reason i did think it was a good like interesting like well done murder case and good trial and it was it's a good start to dong and rampa but it's just too easy in my opinion um it's just very obvious that the thing on the wall says leon and there you go there you have it like it you know it doesn't stick out in my mind as much more memorable than that so that's all (laughs) that's valid uh my number 11 is trigger happy havoc case five um i really really love the ending of trigger happy havoc which we'll get to down the road quite a bit but um case five it just you know what it's a fake out case and there's not a lot you're you're confused and like there's you know you, you basically kind of figure out that like there's something up but you don't know what and you don't find out until case six and so case five just feels like this interim period where it's just like we don't really know what's going on and like oh makoto is dying and it's stupid and it was intended to be that way you know what i mean it was intended that that was you know and i understand that but it doesn't mean that i you know have to enjoy it you know it it had the effect it was intended to have on me so 
Um, my number 11 is case two from Trigger Happy Havoc with Chihiro and Mondo. Um, I'm with you there, Maddie. My The only thing I really loved about that case was one character development for Mondo. The only thing I liked, Marin lists five things afterwards. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked the Mondo character development and I loved the Genocide Jack reveal. Those two things were great, but unfortunately, I predicted this case before it even really began. I don't know if you remember, but but I like Mark, uh, Marco Polo'd you guys, and I was like, I feel like I know how this ends, and and it was the the ending. So that kind of I don't know if I can guess the ending to something, then it's generally not my favorite. So yeah, valid. Yeah, I was impressed that you you guessed that that little little twist. Um, and my number ten. Next up, moving up this list is case three from Trigger Happy Havoc. Um, I feel like it, it like is very um, like I kind of almost feel bad that like the first three cases of the first game are my lowest number <laughs> cases on those. Yeah, they're just they're just not my phase. I feel like in a lot of ways, and you know, first and second game, the cases got got stronger as they went on. Um, and case three, Trigger Happy Havoc, it was interesting. It was fun. And I was able to also solve it and predict and kind of figure out everything that was going on. But again, it almost kind of like Marin said, like, it felt like I almost like could predict it and it was a little bit too easy. And it was kind of, to me, in my opinion, it was obvious that it was Celeste. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of it. All right. My number 10 is... Super Danganronpa 2 Case 3. Um, I hate that case so much. We <laughs> talked about it on the episode that we had. Um, number one, I just, I really liked Mikan, and I was just bummed she was the Blackened, quite honestly. Um, and I was bummed that she was the Blackened in a way where it, like, it was, like, it was her, but it, like, wasn't her. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, like, I wanted her to be the murderer in a way that, like, she would have wanted to murder if that makes sense like not that i support anyone wanting to murder anybody but you know the motive wasn't very interesting to me there are also a lot of plot holes what is hyoko's murder weapon that is actually one of my jeopardy questions for the danganronpa cosplay club that i teach is um which what are um like which danganronpa 2 character doesn't have a murder weapon like officially can't like canonized that i hate the timing of it all just it's no, <laughs> it's impossible. I, I just, I don't like that case. That's the only one. Like the other two were more just like kind of meh. So they weren't that interesting. This one I is, I don't, I viscerally don't like. I also have like um kind of a sensitivity to death by hanging. And so that also doesn't help this case. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be much higher. So that's, that's why it's, it's so low. Um, my case 10, my case 10, my 10th favorite case is the Trigger Happy Havoc Chapter 1 case with Sayaka and Leon. It actually made it higher on the list than I thought it was going to because, yes, it is baby's first murder. However, <laughs> I did like the twist of Sayaka being the one who was going to originally kill. Like, I think that that is underrated when when that trial is thought of. because like. That, that was kind of a big twist. We knew it was Leon in the end, but I think that part of it was just a little like, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. That's really valid, actually. I kind of forgot about that that's little so detail. Real. That yeah. twist. That's that's very true. Maybe I should give the, the first case, Baby's First Murder, more credit. Baby's, um, <laughs> baby's Second Murder. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my number nine is case six in super Rampa 2 um i also like you know this one it's i think it's a good 
accumulation. No, I think it's a good culmination. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for to the end of the game and the end of like the, the sequel. And I really, really love the ending of this game. But the case itself does feel a little rushed at times. It does feel like an info dump and there's not a specific murder. So I was like, what's the point? Right. I came here for murder. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I came here for murder. But no, not that that was pointless. I do like the ending of that game, but it's just not one. It's it's not a case that sticks out to me as like, ooh, that's a case. It was like, oh, that's the ending of the game, you know? Right, right. That's so true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right, number nine, yep, is Trigger Happy Havoc Case 1. Uh, yeah, sa- same as literally what you guys have said. I won't beat a dead horse, um, but I it's higher, a little higher than the others because of that twist with the little Sayaka trying to murder Makoto. That's ha- why it's number nine. So, yeah, um, pretty rad. All right, my case nine is the case one from Goodbye Despair with Teru Teru and Tugami. I... It wasn't a bad case necessarily. I thought it was a pretty strong start. I think the thing I didn't like about it was, you know, they included Byakuya so early and then didn't give any reason as to why they were killing him off. And I know that they explain it later, but taking it just as a playing through that case at that point in time, I didn't love it. And I also don't like Teru Teru as I know, big surprise. I don't like Teru Teru, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think a case about him was, was not as interesting to me. I thought it was your favorite character, man. I I know I'm yeah, pulling all, all the stops here and this <laughs> I was gonna say season wrap up this one year anniversary. <laughs> um, my number eight is actually um. You guys might be surprised at how low this one is, or you might not be surprised. It's case two of Super Dung and Rumpa Two Goodbye Despair. Wow, that's a long game title. Um, yeah, with Peko and Mahiro and our little man Fuyuhiko. I really liked this trial, but I did not love the case as a whole. I thought it relied a little bit too much on like the virtual kind of like Twilight Cinder murder case thing and like wrapping up what happened in the past and whatnot, which I thought was really, really interesting. But um, I didn't think that the IRL, which is funny that I say IRL murder because it literally was still in a virtual world, but um, (laughs) the murder of Mahiru felt almost a little like the case two in Trigger Happy Havoc, where it kind of was like there's a twist at the very end where you realize who the killer was, and it's not, throughout the case, it's not always evident that you're leading to a certain conclusion with that evidence. It's kind of like a little more up in the air until the last minute. Um, And so that's why it's not that high for me. My number eight is Trigger Happy Havoc Case 3. I think I have it the highest for all of us. I will say I do have the advantage of having viewed the anime before playing the game because I think, in my opinion, this case translates to anime really, really well. And this is the only case that I would say is better in the anime than in the game because I think the anime really well captures the chaos of what's going on when they're finding the bodies um, in a way that the game just can't because it's a visual novel style. Um, so that's why this is higher because I do think that the anime does it better than the game and, and I liked it in the anime. So that was, that's why, but also, yes, I, I, 
this this case when i think of it i'm like okay great kafumi we don't have to deal with him anymore and like you know i but i was sad taka died i really love taka and i loved celeste and so i you know i was sad to see her go too. case three is like my waifus are dead like <laughs> like in like the first two games at least like uh yeah so that's that's all my case eight is case five from Trigger Happy Havoc uh, with Junko, and no one really knows what's happening. I guess not with Junko, because no one really knows what's happening. But I really enjoyed this case, and I'm pretty sure back when we did our Trigger Happy Havoc season, I rated it as my favorite Trigger Happy Havoc case, um, or close to it. And I, I do stand by that, because I think that ending a case with no answer is very bold. Like, that that is so strong to say like you couldn't figure it out like like oh I don't know I think that that's so creative and it takes guts but at the same time you don't learn a lot and you can't do much during it and so in terms of gameplay I don't know that it was the most exciting to be a part of. Number seven on my list moving right up there is case three of Danganronpa 2 with you know Mikan and Ibuki and Hyoko this case i i liked this case actually i i liked solving the murder i thought that it was really fun and very interesting kind of just murder game like kind of solving figuring everything out i actually really enjoyed that i i definitely see the plot holes but for the purpose of like you know video game murder i thought it was enjoyable i thought it was interesting um but it it doesn't make like a huge powerful impression on me in regards to a lot of the other cases so it's kind of there at number seven in the middle-ish of the list all right number seven is sdr2 case one um this is a very middle of the road case for me which is why it's number seven um i just like literally maddie just said about the last case there's nothing in it like themes or anything that make it stand with me longer i i though i do really love the earlier game cases because there's more possibilities of who it could be whereas once the numbers dwindle it's a lot easier to predict who did it um which is how i was able to predict a lot of the later cases in the in the game because it just like there's only so many people it can be and knowing like story tropes and what kinds of characters writers usually keep around you know it was easy sort of easy to like figure that out and so this case i really love because it could literally be anybody's game we don't know everyone you know what i mean like i th- that's what i love about earlier cases in these games is that is that element of surprise so yeah that's it my case number seven is case two from goodbye despair with peko and mahiru um i actually really enjoyed the twilight murder syndrome game i think i was the only one of the three of us who actually enjoyed that part of the game i could be wrong but i i don't know i thought it was kind of fun to put that in there what i didn't like is it was unbelievable to me that peko would do that when we got to the trial which is i think exactly what you guys were saying is that like you know it's that kind of flip moment at the end I think it was Maddie who just said that yeah but like where you couldn't really figure it out and I didn't like that especially with Pekko who was like probably my favorite female going into the game like I don't know I yeah I had a hard time with that but did enjoy the Twilight murder syndrome my number six so smack in the middle now um I guess it's not really smack in the middle it's like 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 leaning to the better side six but in seven. the middle yeah yeah so my number six is case four from trigger happy havoc um i like this case a lot 
I, I mean, I'm so sad about my girl Sakura and what happens to her, but I thought it was interesting, an interesting case to solve. And like, you know, putting a kind of twist on it, like up until now we've had murder, 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 and then it's a suicide, you know, it's kind of a little shaken it up a little bit. Um, and it is, I think I, that does make it more interesting to try and solve the, the murder, quote unquote, murder case. And I thought that like the, um, the character growth that both Hina and Byakuya go through in this trial, I thought was really, really cool. It, it is only at number six, though, because there are cases that I, I like more than this one that, that stick out to me more in my mind, which we will get to. But I do really like this case. I like chapter four. There you go. My number six is... SDR2 case two. Uh, yeah, I feel like this one is kind of, we're all in the same sort of realm of number with this one, which I think is interesting. Um, there's just a lot of like silly plot points that are just silly and like waste time. That trial was like four hours long and it could have been shaved to two because of all the stupid garbage that they threw in. Like the sparkling justice subplot, not needed. <laughs> silly, like silly town USA was that subplot. Um, and... <laughs> silly town usa <laughs> my home that, that's where i live and, and, and where i was born um that and i loved peko and i was bummed literally the only thing i really loved about this case and why it's so high like that which should speak to like the powerfulness of like the ending of this case is that peko and fuyuhiko plot twist and relationship like reveal like i that is enough to make it this high even though a lot of everything else going on i'm like oh my god are you kidding me um silly silly billy but i did know it was her actually i, I did i'm i'm good at coming up with who who did it i i, I think y'all will learn more about my my skill of guessing in sdr3 wait d3 <laughs> um because <laughs> I, I think in rampa. <laughs> duper 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 rampa three. <laughs> but um but yeah and also mahiru robbed of some character development i think like Truly. especially since we get to see her in um the dr3 anime and, and what i see of her in that it makes me sad that like she didn't get more in this game because i i really didn't love her character until i watched the anime and then i was like oh i love mahiru like like she was my ultimate bed one of my ultimate beds for like last episode which is like you know i, I really like her I, I, and that's a, a recent realization so anyway uh, my case six is chapter six of Goodbye Despair um, with Hajime versus himself. I love this case. I want to say from here on up, all of these cases I love, like including this one. And I had a really hard time picking the order for the top cases because they're so good. This game is so good. Um, yeah, I love this case. I think when you turn it around on the reader and make them feel like they're in the wrong, I think that that's an incredible tactic. I don't know. I just, it, it was the way that it was done in this game was just phenomenal. I like how you call it Hajime versus himself. It's like a court case. We need to like come up with a name of like Hajime v the state of like, right. Rock Island. <laughs> That's so good. But the oh defense attorney for Jabberwock Island is himself. So it's just like, <laughs> so good. So my number five. We're in our top five. Yeah, we're in the top five, numero cinco. Um, I actually chose case one of SDR2, and I did not think either of you would choose it to be this high either. Um, I actually really, really like that case. 
Um, I thought it was a very strong start to the second game. I thought it was really interesting and like fun to try and solve and it is solvable. And it's the kind of thing that I was like, oh my gosh, if I had just made this connection between this one piece of evidence here, like that could have led me to figuring out long beforehand that it was actually Tara Tara. And it was like just difficult enough to keep me guessing and keep me on my toes, but just solvable enough that like, you know, you have a couple light bulb moments and it's it's a fun time. Um, and I also just think it's a really good classic. It feels like a classic whodunit kind of thing where like, there's this party, everyone's in this room, there's a blackout, someone's dead, like, ah, who did it? Like, it could be anyone. I just kind of loved that chaos almost. And then, um, you know, obviously the the twist with Nagito, I thought was cool too, because it, it starts setting you up to think, oh, this is obvious. Like, this was kind of easy. Of course it was Nagito. And then it was like, psych, it wasn't. But it's still technically like you could reason the, your way through the evidence and figure out that it was Teru Teru even before the trial starts. Like, I just loved the way that all the evidence was pieced together. I thought that that was well executed, um, you know, executed like Teru Teru was. Yeah, I was going to say well executed. <laughs> no, it's like, wow. like fun. <laughs> that is so good. Honestly, that kind of convinced me like I maybe I'd put it a little higher. I'm kind of just realizing now that there are a lot of similarities between that case and case one of game one and right. that like the glowing paint on the wall. But in this one, they were like, all right, you guys weren't happy with the one, one, zero, three, seven. We'll make it completely unrelated to like the end murder. You know, I don't know, not completely unrelated, but that's kind of interesting. All right. So my number five, top five. So again, like Marin said, we're we're getting into the good stuff here case six of trigger happy havoc favorite ending maybe i don't know i just love the ending of this game like classic twist they were twins i mean like come on that's amazing genius um and here's the tea a lot of murder tropes murder mystery tropes have been done before okay agatha christie wrote like hundreds of books basically wrote every single murder trope that has ever existed in mystery history uh i like how i laughed in response to that (laughs) um and so it's like yeah okay yeah they were twins the whole time like okay yeah maybe that's a little bit like cliche but i love it i love it so much and i love that both of them are so different and they're two halves of a different whole there's just a lot more going on with their dynamic that i just think is really really cool i love the survivors of the first game they're probably my favorite survivors of the entire series just Love them all. Love them all with my whole friggin' heart. Um, but yeah, I, I really like K6 in the, the first game. I think it is a combination of the info dump, but we also get to like do some investigating and coming to our own conclusions, which I like. For our one-year anniversary, everyone, Caroline just openly admitted to loving Makoto. No, uh, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> all right, my case number five is case Three from Goodbye Despair with Mikan Hyoko Buki. Yeah, Caroline's giving me a look right now. It is very high up. I Your opinion wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> no, I understand that there are some plot holes, but I don't know that all of the plot holes are necessary information. Like, think about how many murder trials in just the like real life don't have a murder weapon to them, and they're still able to you know figure it out like I I don't I, like I hear that there are potholes but I don't know that they needed to be solved in order for the case to be enjoyable and also the fact that it is very healthcare oriented and like it's literally <laughs> like set in a hospital like this is like my bread and butter I loved it um in terms of a setting and I didn't expect it to be Mekon like or maybe I just didn't want it to be 
yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I totally understand what you guys are saying. And I know that it was probably one of the most graphic cases that we get in in uh, the entire two games, I would say. But I, I it has a place in my heart. I do want to say I really one thing I do love about that case, just to give it some some hype, is uh, the fact that the the motive like makes sense for the talent of the person who committed the murders like it was an illness like that is really cool I do, I do love when the talents are used as part of the case itself so I do want to give game props for that all right so for my number four numero quattro I have case five from trigger happy havoc um I thought this was this is in my top five because um I thought it was really cool and very interesting. And yeah, I hear you on like, it's not solved at the end of it and it like leaves you hanging. But um, I I also thought that was bold and I thought it was kind of cool. And just, it just kept me thinking and it was just really interesting to me. And um, once I get to uh, the case six on my list, I'll talk about it more. But yeah, that's that number four for me. There you go. My number four is case four of SDR2. Um, absolutely love this case. I love that it's solvable. I love rules of house, like the whole rules of the house, just the fact that that was a big part of it. Loved it. Slightly disappointed it wasn't Kazuichi who was the murderer because I think it would have been really cool if the ultimate mechanic killed the, the robot. Like, come on, I'm, that was a missed opportunity. But anyway, yeah, I I really like this case. Um, the, the only reason it's not higher is because like the others just resonate with me a little bit more than this one does as much as I love both characters involved as far as like the victim and the murderer. Um, I love the execution. I think it's really good for Sweet Gundam, my absolute Prince King. Love that man. Um, and I love Nekamaru. Sad to see him go, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's all. I, I don't I don't dislike it. There's really nothing to say negatively. It's just the others resonate with me personally more. So that's all. My case four is case six from Trigger Happy Havoc. Very similar reasons to Caroline, so I won't go on too long, but loved the twist. It made me want to play every game in the next day. Um, not physically possible, but I, yeah, so, so well done. And it was a lot of information but i thought it was presented very well and so big fan my number three is k6 from trigger happy havoc um and i have my uh so k6 from that game at number three and then at number four case five because to me they are very much like together in my mind in the way that i remember them because it's like about the same murder and it's like kind of part one and then part two of the same case ish but i put k you know, K6 a little bit higher because it is like the culmination of that and you get to figure out all the twists and whatnot. Um, Yeah, I really loved this case. I thought it was so interesting what they did with like reusing the body that like was already died, like had already died before and then like set it up to be like another murder. I thought that was so clever. It's kind of like, you know, you're at the final stage and I honestly, I kind of feel like um, the ending of SCR2 is a lot like this too but you are like okay this is the fifth murder that's happened here but the remaining group of people it's like you know in your heart it wasn't any of them but then you're left with like well who was it you know and you're just kind of left grappling with that and then you it turns out that your gut is right like it wasn't any of them it was like this crazy twist with a twin sister and a reused dead body and I just oh it's just genius I love it (laughs) so good 
My number three is uh, case four of Trigger Happy Havoc, Sakura's case. I love this case. I, I just, Maddie said earlier, the character development with Byakuya and Hina, the fact that, you know, a lot of times in, in like, you know, professional, like court cases, emotions don't really play a role, but they do, did in this one. And I that's really, really powerful to me because emotions and the why people do things do matter, you know, um, whether and maybe not in a, in a court of law, but like, in our hearts <laughs> um, you know what i mean and and um yeah the the fact that that's what stumps biakia and that's what changes his mind i love that um and i love a good locked room murder that's like one of my favorite things in this world um it's kind of like the fun house like the rules of the fun house are like sort of the rules of the locked room murder love the weighing of the bottle thing i just there are a lot of little details about this case that i just really really love and um yeah just number three loved it my number three is also case four from Trigger Happy Havoc. Woo! I love this case. And I said it back when we recorded the episode for it, but I love that the directors of Danganronpa were willing to take this in a direction that might not be easy to talk about, but I think that they handled it very well. I, I honestly do. And I, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love that case. Okay. Yep. So good. It is a very, very good case. My number two, are we ready for number two? Wow. Um, My second favorite case in the entirety of the first, I guess at least the first two, Danganronpa games, um, is case four from Super Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Um, (laughs) I love, love, love this chapter. The funhouse thing is just wacky and weird, but it's interesting. It's like this puzzle this this huge puzzle it's like an escape room almost i mean obviously they have the literal escape room there um i still have to play 999 um Ooh. i know i do and it's just oh my gosh and the whole like nagito and the russian roulette thing and like that was mind blowing and the 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 fact that like the room was an elevator i don't know why it took me forever to figure out but like that's the way that danganronpa does it, it like it takes something very simple and mundane like an elevator and turns it into this massive plot twist and I just loved that I just thought this case was so interesting so fun to solve challenging enough to be very rewarding but not you know so hard that you're like I don't know what's going on I can't figure it out and then Gundam oh my heart just shatters at the end of this trial but like in a good way because you know it's we we love Gundam and then he helps I think also inspire the rest of the group a little bit to you know stay strong and his execution was very fitting and just proof that he is a god among mortals you know he and his hamsters <laughs> yes <laughs> taking it back in a very different direction my number two is case two and trigger happy havoc um I love this case I do, wow. and I have. Oh. I know when you guys put it so low, it's like, uh oh. <laughs> um, so let me just shed some love on this case. Well, you know, we're here, we're here. So, a couple of things I really like about this case. One, I love antagonists being antagonistic for absolutely no reason other than just to spite the others. Love that. <laughs> so that's why I love the Biakuya plot twist. He was just like, let me just screw with all these people. Like, and there's no reason why he just does it because he wants to see them 
just scramble and, and i i just love him um the other thing is the genocide jack reveal i like togo is my favorite character either her or biakia and um this whole this reveal with genocide jack just one of the best characters in the franchise like just as spectacular in the way it's done i really like that biaki is also i guess he, he wanted to screw with them but his reasoning for doing that was to expose that there was a serial killer in the group you know d- debatably why i guess we could talk about but um <laughs> you know um so that's another reason and so then let's get to this just the case itself one i think that it's really interesting the fact that kyoko didn't have like a, an answer for this case like she just had to like kind of go by the seat of her pants and figure it out in the courtroom itself. And like, I, I get what you mean, Maddie, by it not being like a step-by-step, like solving the thing. You, you, The moment in the courtroom had to happen, but there's also something interesting about, about that. And like the ultimate detective just kind of floundering a little bit with that. Um, and the themes in this case, though they are not completely like representative of most people's beliefs today, I would say, I think that the conversation about gender in this way was like pretty ahead of its time. And I feel like a lot of people are like quick to headcanon Shihiro as trans or as not trans. And however you view that, that's totally valid. But I think just it doesn't even need to be that black and white, right? Whether Chihiro is trans or not. It's more just like a conversation about gender expression and gender identity that may not come to a, a like conclusion. And that's okay. It's okay that we just talk about these things and representation in society in this way. And we won't ever really know canonically if Chihiro is trans or not. It's just like whatever you, how you interpret the text is how you view that. And that, you know, that's so valid. But I also think that there are are bigger conversations going on about toxic masculinity and gender and like queer relationships with Mondo and Taka like there I I would argue are queer coded and I do want to do a Patreon episode about queer coding in this game I've been thinking about doing it um it's just going to take a lot of work so I've been like kind of like (laughs) yeah because I want to do research and be like talking about it you know um but yeah so that's that's kind of where I'm at I I I just really love that case a lot (laughs) That is so you well said. Are valid. Yeah, I was going to say very well spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also wh- where true strength comes from. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. My case two is case five from Goodbye Despair. Um, I was really torn between this one being in first and this one being in second, to be honest. But this game was one of two cases that was spoiled for me. And I think that that severely impacted where it placed. I have a feeling if I had played it with no knowledge of what was happening, it would have been number one. But it, I mean, it's flawless. Like it, it that case, and it's one of two cases or three cases that made me cry. That should say something. And like, oh, very well done. Literally just because I knew facts going into it that led me to the answer only reason it's not number one. Oh man i was starting to think that we might all have the same number one that's okay <laughs> your reasoning though for that is so valid because yeah we'll, yeah we'll get to it but yeah yeah do you guys know what my number one is do you remember what i was I actually just said? thinking through i think i do wait i think wait so. <gasps> i do Mm. <laughs> it's also so i think it's so interesting that we all have like very different rankings of some of these cases like, yes like very different like case two like caroline that was your number two was my number 12 like it you know right for right. very different reasons like and we were like kind of <laughs> when you when you started with that aspects of it i was like uh-oh <laughs> like wow 
Uh, no, I don't like hate that case or anything. I don't dislike it. It's just not one of my faves. You know, it's you're valid. Not it wasn't as memorable to me, but I think it's become much more memorable to me the second time around and you know through analyzing and whatnot. This is also a great moment to say, listeners, please send us your lists. We want to know where you rank the cases. So tweet at us, post on Amino. We we want to see it and hear from you guys and learn if you agree or disagree with any of us. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess, you know, here we are. We're at numero uno. Drum roll. Um, <laughs> my process of elimination, you might already know what my number one is, but my number one case, my favorite case is case five of Super Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. I just, oh my God, like, I, I don't know, like, what I can even really say about this case other than, like, it's just incredible the twists and the the twists and the turns and then also this a similar moment to the ending of the first game where you have all the survivors gathered around and you're like Nagito's dead like which one of us killed him and you know in your heart somehow you know that none of them killed him but you're like but what happened though and you have to figure it out it's oh my god I remember playing through this case and pausing like halfway through because I was, I was, I really want to try and figure it out on my own and like have that light bulb moment. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, how did Nagito die? Like, who did this? Blah, blah, blah. And I went for a walk and I, <laughs> I was like thinking about it or whatever. And then I remember the exact moment, like I, I still remember like walking up my front porch um, when it clicked in my head about like the poison being in the fire grenades. And I was like, oh my god like I literally like screamed and was like texting Caroline and then I ran back to the game and was like playing it and oh my god it just blew my mind and I originally thought that the plan was that Nagito like put a little bit of poison into each fire grenade so that everybody killed him and that everybody was guilty but then the whole thing about like like him just like trying to single out the traitor who was Chiaki and just relying on his luck and like them just relying on their luck and like voting for Chiaki oh my god it's just brilliant it's crazy wow just ah god it's just so good I I I can't I can't say anything else other than that I could go on forever about (laughs) how mind blown I was and how much I enjoyed that trial but I will stop here (laughs) (laughs) you're valid um that is also my number one i think art is subjective but uh this case is just objectively art and artistically just a masterpiece i mean i think i think it's the best case in danganronpa period um yeah it's just like you know as far as like personal preference this might rank lower for some people but i think just speaking in terms of like a creator and like a writer like myself this is just like absolutely flawless like it's just masterfully done and this is the reason why these games are so popular i think every good part of every case is just found in this case because it's just grounded enough for us to be like emotional and relate to what's going on but it's also just insane enough of like nagito's like literal superpower of luck just like is explained and built up so perfectly to that case that it's not like so unfeasible that his luck worked you know what i mean and just like yep that that's uh yeah just good so good 
All right, my number one is Case 4 from Goodbye Despair with Gundam and Nakamaru. And that might be a little bit of a surprise, but uh, I don't know if you remember, but when I was playing, I completely missed the comment about the rooms being soundproofed. And Ah. that, right over my head, I did not hear that. (laughs) Ironic. Um, (laughs) And so Gundam being the killer was a lot more of a surprise to me. I will also say that my favorite type of media to consume is media that makes me question humanity, makes me question what it means to be alive. Question, like, I want the big questions that keep me up at night in media. And if you remember, our chapter four analysis goes really, really heavy into that kind of do we exist vibe. And I love that. Also, I mean, you guys have said it, but the characters who are directly involved are really top notch in terms of their writing. And like, Nekomar is pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> I love that guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. So that that is why that one is the top. But I completely agree. I think going in face value, if I hadn't had any spoilers, five would be my top. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right, listeners, we are going to take a quick break, but we will be right back after this. And in the meantime, don't forget to check us out on social media. We are Ultra Hope Girls podcast pretty much everywhere. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube even. And check out our Twitch channel where Marin and Caroline regularly stream Let's Plays of various games. Also, if you're interested in hearing bonus content by us, the Ultra Hope Girls, including bonus episodes of our podcast and blooper reels from recording our podcast, check out our Patreon. The lowest tier is just $2 a month to have access to all of that. And you can unlock some cool perks as you move up the tiers, such as joining a Discord server with us. So check it out. We would love to have you join us. We've got a great community going. And we will be right back after these messages. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. Look at that! Guys! (laughs) That was so fun! Shall we do our, our... Our get to know the Ultra Hope Girls game. Oh, basically yeah. Basically, which friend knows us best <laughs> game. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, who wants to go first? You do. Sure. I think Caroline right. wants to go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll start with my easy question. My, my level one question. What is my favorite movie? Oh, I know this. Wait, is it a multiple choice or fill in no, the blank? No, it's just fill in the blank. Um, oh. And uh, private message me in the chat so that you don't like get answers from each other and then once you both have submitted you can guess out loud i guess is i've submitted my answer and i don't think it's right like i i 
I'm fairly certain that you love this movie, but I don't actually know if it's your favorite ever. Did I misspell one of the words? Okay, so Maddie, why don't you give your answer first? <laughs> I guessed Frozen 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Can I ask why? Uh, I don't know. Popped into my head. My gut said, go with it. Why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> I know that All you right. like... I know that you think very highly of the Frozen um, franchise. I really love Frozen. I, I just, do know you love Frozen. Yeah. Um, and I I think, I can't remember which one. Was it Frozen, the first one, or Frozen 2 that you saw in theaters like 12 times? Frozen 1. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Do you remember how one of those 12 times you went and saw it? I was in the theater. Yes, like, and we yes. We did not plan that. That's I do remember that. <laughs> Oh my god. I I when that came out, I just was obsessed. I loved that movie. Yeah. No rational reason. I just well, loved it's it. Good. It's, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. Um Maddie, that is not the correct answer. I'm very sorry <laughs> to inform it. you. Um Marin, what is your guess? My guess was fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Is that what the cafe is called? It is. Yes, it is. And that's the right answer. <laughs> what? Oh. oh my goodness. Yeah, that points for Marin. My favorite movie, absolute <laughs> favorite. Yeah, when I was a kid, I watched it with my mom, and I I saw those two clearly gay ladies. But I was uh, a young baby back in the day; didn't know what gay was. And I saw them, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I want a friend just like that." It's just the most pure like thing and like realization. It's so good. So yeah, it's my favorite movie. I love that movie. It's a mystery and it's historical fiction and it's queer and like, can you ask for more? No, love it. Um, all right. Question two. So you both are probably familiar with the story. With when I was auditioning for college, I for one of my auditions forgot to bring underwear to wear after the dance audition, and I had to go commando under my dress. What college was I auditioning for when that happened? Oh my gosh! <laughs> there, there, so wait, far. I uh, it's I don't in know there. if this is gonna count. No, wait, 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 wait. Okay. That's is that your guess. final answer? Yeah, okay, that's great. my final answer. Um, this question's worth two points. The last one was worth one point. Okay. It's two points. So, Maddie, what's your what's your guess? I think it was at Catholic University. Maren, what's your guess? Catholic University. You're both correct. Yeah! I think the best part about that story is the fact that it was Catholic University. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, yeah, that's a pretty good one. So you both now, Marin has three points. Maddie has two points. I'm proud that I whipped that out there. You did. You were, you knew. I think you like you knew what it was, but you really had to delve for it. Um, all right, my last question is worth four points. There's a little bit of a caveat with this one, okay? I don't know if you all remember, but a couple of years ago, there was this trend going around on social media where people would say which fictional characters combined they felt like they were most like. Um, it was usually three or four people. So I picked four people that I believe if these people meshed into one human, it would be Caroline or Wayla, And I, you get one point for each correct Yes, because that's a little hard. I wouldn't expect you to like get all of them. Yes, Mary. Oh wow. Is this current day or what you posted years ago? Right now, what okay. I would say for this question. And I will give you a hint and say none of them are Dong and Rumpa. This is really hard. Oh my goodness. That's why it's worth four points. This is the hard level three. I have three. I have one. And I can't think <laughs> 
Four fictional characters that you feel like you're right. Are you? One of them I don't know if you all actually will get, but it's okay. Okay. Those are my guesses. Okay, okay, these are some valid guesses. All right, um oh Maddie needs to come up with three more people, so Okay, Caroline, um, I'm at a complete loss. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going with my one guess because I know I okay okay that that guess is like strong, but I oh god, I'm so Maddie. Why don't you go first and then just explain that you yeah yeah three others. (laughs) So I said Joe March from Little Women, um, because (laughs) that is um. Uh, like a character that Caroline you have directly told me explicitly that you think is the character the fictional character that you relate to the most out of all fiction and I don't know if you still feel like that but at one point you said that so that's that's what I'm going with and I could not for the life of me think of three more (laughs) all right you're valid um Marin what are your guesses I hate myself for not thinking of that okay my guesses were Lily from How I Met Your Mother which I don't know if you'd still think that. I know back in high school, middle school, that was that was a strong one, but I don't know if you still feel that way. Um, Jess from New Girl, Kurt from Glee, and Sue from My Hero Academia. All right. So Maddie, you are right. That is one of them. So nice. you get one point. Joe March, nice. I really relate to her a lot. Um, yes. Marin. So to answer your question, Lily, I've never felt like I was actually similar to Lily. I was more like me and Marin are like Marshall and Lily. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like hard because that I, I hear what you're saying. That is not ever, ever would have been an answer for me, though, honestly. OK, um, so not Lily. Um, Jess from New Girls. One <laughs> because the um, I, I had picked the other three before my fourth, which okay. is Jess. And I was like these other three characters represent like a huge parts of myself but there's like that awkward silly part of me that is so just from new girl yeah i've been told i remind people of her all the time the only reason i've gotten that i like put that down is i literally watched new girl yesterday and i was like this this reminds me of caroline a little bit i was like yeah, yeah. I, I get that a lot i like people have told me that they're like you know who you remind me of just from new girl and i'm like yeah i i hear you um I'm a little more tampered down, though, I would say, than Jess is. And a little more um, logical and, uh, yeah. Um, which brings me to my next character, which is Kurt from Glee. Is, yes, that is three. Ah, um, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of things about Kurt that I really relate to. Um, we dress very similarly, which I think is really silly. We um, both were uh, out at a really young age in high school very similar like he's an artist but he's not like an artist where it's like he's obnoxiously an actor you know what I mean like I feel like a lot of actors have actor personalities and I don't think he does um and I don't think I do either um your last guess is Sue from My Hero Academia which is incorrect I'm sorry uh that is the character I feel I'm most like in My Hero Academia but the correct answer which is probably the hardest for all of you is Pearl from Steven Universe is my um my fourth Ah. answer yeah I really relate to her a lot she's very yes caroline very caroline that's it there's Please. mine so well, i got Marin, five points Marin definitely beat me on that one Marin i don't know got, exactly how many points i have but you have she five has maddie has three very nice good job though good, good job game. good game all right we're gonna start with my questions and my easy question is if i could travel anywhere where would i go oh man <laughs> i'm torn between a couple places right now i'm thinking of like two places I actually did make this multiple choice, so I can give you the choice options if that. Oh, oh, sure. Choice options are A, 
Australia, B, Iceland, C, Japan, or D, Kentucky? <laughs> okay, so two, the two that I was stuck between are two on that list, so it doesn't really help me that much. Mm. But um, I will go with... Interesting. Okay. Um, Caroline, what was your answer? My answer was Japan. Um, I think that, yes, all of those places are places you want to go, but I would assume that within recent, you know, evolutions in your life, such as the Stong and Rumpa podcast, that Japan <laughs> would probably be number one on your list. And Maddie, what was your answer? I also guessed Japan. Um, I was torn between Japan and Australia, but I went with, I went with Japan. It is actually Australia. What? <laughs> Yeah, I've wanted to go to Australia for like the past five years. My interest in Japan has spiked as of the last year or two, but um, I, I have to go to my, my bucket list place before I move on to a new bucket list. That makes sense. That makes sense. Question though, why Kentucky? Uh, I couldn't think of another place. So you, just had the, you had the throwaway answer for me. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was the easy one. You get a free <laughs> no. Oh, man. All right. Um, no points awarded. Question two, what is my favorite rom-com? A, The Wedding Singer, B, Fifty First Dates, C, Me Before You, D, When Harry Met Sally. Maddie, what was your answer? I guessed A, The Wedding Singer. Okay. And Caroline, what was your guess? My guess is B, Fifty First Dates, and I'm pretty sure that's your favorite movie, too, or something. Caroline is correct. I did oh, be favorite rom com movie. Um, yes, but Caroline, you are correct. You'll get two points. I love all of these movies. I would say I liked Me Before You. That one was okay. That was the throwaway answer on that one. Um, <laughs> when Harry Met Sally is a close, close second. I will watch that movie any day of the year. I love it so much. So, um, but definitely Fifty First States. It just oh, it warms my heart, and I always laugh, and I'm always like. I love it. Oh, wow. If any of our listeners need a movie wreck, that's it. All right. And then this one, I feel like is my hardest one on here. Um, I'll be curious if you can get it. I kind of want to do it with no options at first, and then I'll give you the options. But what was the name of my first crush ever? I need options. I, I, can, I, I can't options. tell you anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Your options are A, Michael, B, Jimmy, C, Grant, or D, Simon? I'm only putting this answer because this is also the name of my first crush. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caroline, you can go first. What okay, did you put? means I got it wrong. Um, it's Michael. I put Michael. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And Matt, yeah. what did you put? I guessed Grant. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Um, ironically, a boy named Michael was my second crush. That's a fun fact. Um, All right. But yeah, good job, Maddie. Maddie gets three points, which means that Maddie wins this round. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Maddie. Good job. All right, Maddie, your turn. Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. So I have no, like, I I ordered them in what I think is like easy, medium, hard, but I don't know if they're actually that difficulty to you guys. So we'll just, we'll just go with it. First, what I put as the easy question, which may not be, but that's what I did for one point. If I could have any quirk, what would I choose? Like, like quirk in the universe of My Hero Academia? In, in the universe of My Hero Academia. Yes, there is a character that has this quirk. I just need to look at a picture of Class 1A so I remember everyone's quirks. I can give you another hint if you'd like me to. Please, please. Yeah. It's not a character in Class 1A. Oh, okay. That actually helps then. I think I know what it is. Can I have two guesses? 
or can we have two guesses? Sure. <laughs> Feel free to throw out two guesses. <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> I am going to make you read that out loud. <laughs> it's more of a joke guess, but I'm going to keep it in because it's funny. Maybe this was the hard question. Yeah. Maybe I started, I was like, easy. Like, because it's, it's something I think that I've mentioned before, but I may not have. I don't, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I may not. All right, um, I'm going to pick one of you at random. Caroline, would you like to um, make your guess first? Okay, so I did two guesses. One of them is um, mind control, like the purple-haired guy. Uh, I forget his name. And then the other one is smelly, sexy skin. I don't really know what her quirk is, what Midnight's quirk is. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> smelly, sexy skin? Is, isn't it like sleepy skin? Like her skin or smell makes people fall asleep? Is that what they call it? I don't, I don't I know. I think so. I think they call it like, um, I have no But um, Marion, you had a guess in common with that one. Would you like to share your guesses? I would. Um, my first guess is the purple-haired mind control guy Hitoshi uh, Shinzo, and my second guess is Tamaki Amashiki, who is the guy who like eats food and then can become what he eats. Manifest. I have yeah. not met that guy. Well, not to worry because neither of you are correct <laughs> with any of those. I guess this probably was a much harder question. I am very sorry, <laughs> but um. I, if I could have any quirk from the My Hero Academia universe, I would want the healing quirk. Um, so oh. recovery girl, basically. Oh, I want to be able to heal people. That's, that's, yeah. that's so pure. We were like mind control. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you would think it was interesting and you're somebody who would use that power for good, which is why oh, I, I think you, you would thank do you. very well with that. It is interesting, but thank you. Uh, Midnight's quirk is called Som- Somnambulist. Um, ah. allows her to put nearby people to sleep by exuding a sleep-inducing aroma from her right. body. Smelly, sexy skin. Smelly, sexy skin. So, smelly, sexy, sleepy skin. Sleepy skin. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. That's okay, now let's move on. Um, so the next question, which I actually think is going to be easier um, in it hindsight. It can't get much worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is for two points. And I'll get, I'm willing to give partial credit. What countries have I been to? We have to name all of the countries that you've been to. So if we miss one, we get it wrong. This is like the Unplex. No, no, no. no, no. I said I'm willing to give. I'm willing to give partial credit. I will be. I will be flexible. Okay. I was with you for a couple of these. I have to remember if you've been anywhere else. I'm debating if you've been to this one country because I feel like most people go to these two countries, but I've actually never been to the one of them. All right. So, Marin, go ahead and go first this time. <laughs> All right. So, I guessed America, England, France, Germany, Austria, and Italy. Um, can I can I put America in? I I thought that was obvious. Sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave the, I'll leave that out. Hey. Like... <laughs> I'm going to need that in there. I want one point. <laughs> It's going to give me like 0.25. Caroline, what are your guesses? My guesses are Germany, Austria, France, Italy, Canada, probably, and Mexico. With the exception of the United States of America, Caroline, you got all of them right. Oh, okay. Um, So I will, and Marin, you were correct in that you 
but you omitted Canada and Mexico and you added England, which I have not been to. Mm. So I think I'm going to give this one. I think I'm going to give Caroline two points here and Marin, I will give you one and a half. Oh, wow. Wait, That's I got, kinder than I, I got thought. all of them right. Oh, did you say America? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, Marin, uh, shut uh, up. That is not, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've created chaos. <laughs> because Maddie, I was debating if you've been to Mexico. That was the debate because I, I feel like most people have been to Canada and Mexico. Okay, last right. question. Last question, and this one is for three points, and it is a point for each that you get right because okay. there are three components to this question slash answer. Okay. When I first transferred to my current school, what was my declared major and oh, my God. two minors? I had this one listed as the hard question, but I feel like all of them were hard. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie did not come to play because <laughs> I remember my mom asking what you're majoring in and every time I'd be like I don't really know I have to ask because it like it was it would change so much and there's one that's like that was really surprising to me when you were minoring in it I think um I don't know if I'm right or wrong I think that at some point in time these have all been a part of your curriculum but I couldn't tell you when it was because I remember because the minor one of your minors that I've already guessed I remember thinking that's good you're minoring in that because it'd be really good in this career path that you are choosing to major in which is okay I'm just gonna have to take a guess because I don't know all right so Marion would you like to go first absolutely I said that your major was psychology and your minor was linguistics and biology okay and Caroline okay your minors were linguistics and economics, I think, because I remember you being like, you didn't like math in high school. And I remember being like, what? Like, what, Maddie? Like, it was something to do with math was the other minor. I think it was economics, something like that. Major, I guessed foreign affairs. But you're going to say it and I'll know what it is. So, <laughs> um, I guess I will say Marin gets a point here. My major that I declared when transferring to my current school was psychology oh. with minors in statistics and Spanish. Yes, that was it. That was it. it was, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you were like talking and I was like, yes, yes. Like you're on the right it was, track. It was something with math. And I remember being like, what? Oh my God. Statistics. Are you kidding me? But like, yeah. 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 And um, I will say that Caroline, I did at one point entertain the idea of um, trying to major in international relations. Um, but I did not ever declare that. So foreign affairs, like you're not totally off there. And then linguistics, I talked about wanting to minor in when I was at my old school, but I never did. Statistics, um, statistics. Yeah, and then biology is part of my curriculum now. So Marin, you were pretty, pretty hit the nail on the head when you say that those were all part of my curriculum. But yes, I was a psych, psych major with a Spanish and statistics minor. Nice. Oh, how with the turntables. Yeah, that, that really... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh man so i got one point who i don't even know who won <laughs> i think i did right unless caroline did you get you didn't get a point for that last section and neither of us got the first one yeah i think it's two versus 2.5 yeah, yeah. you won by half a point <laughs> maren should not have gotten 1.5 points for <laughs> okay i'm just gonna say it <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have a good reason for that point distribution there. It's all arbitrary, but you know. It should have been. Okay, so you had six countries you've been to, right? So point three-ish, three, 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 
for each one you get right. So Marin got four, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you should have one point three 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 three. So then two point three 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 three. All right, so for our last segment, the moment you've all been waiting for, we had three questions that we got to send to Kadaka, the creator of Danganronpa himself, which was just one of those moments that was absolutely surreal for the three of us when we got this opportunity. Thank you to the Mirish store for letting us uh, get this connection. It was super, super cool. And yeah, we got to hear answers from him directly uh, as as a result with their partnership. So yes, check out their shirts. All of the links will be in the description. Um, they're really cool designs and they partnered with Kadaka on all of them. So yeah, really, really cool. But we got to ask him three questions and we'll just go ahead and read through them now. Um, I believe I asked the first question so I can just read that and then read the answer. His responses were written. However, we do know the legitimacy that they are from him because he did send a video of him saying our podcast name, which you heard featured at the beginning of this episode. So just so you know, we are going to be reading the responses, but they were translated from a written Japanese answer. So that's that's why, just so you all know, but they are from Kadaka himself. All right. So the first question I asked, and it was, what works have affected your creation and your art? And his response was... I think every manga, anime, movie, and game I have ever played did. He was especially shocked by those of Quentin Tarantino, which I think is really, really interesting and definitely shows in his work. And as for games, ICO, Killer7, and Conquer, Live and Reloaded are great. I like the works that have uniqueness of creators. And these works taught him that games could go that far with content and with, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's his answer, which I thought was really cool. Check out those games. I'm, you know, now I want to check them out. But yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what games um, inspired the creator of Danganronpa. It's very, very neat. Um, I asked this second question, so I could go ahead and and read this answer. Um, I asked Kadaka. Uh, how he comes up with his murder mysteries and the plots and everything because I just want to know I want to get inside the mind of someone who's able to think of these these cases and think through all these things and come up with this stuff because I don't know how they do it Um, and Kadaka's response was as follows murder methods are strongly linked to character personality and motivation so I try to think all together When I look back and see certain characters with certain traits causing certain events I want to be convinced by that Even if an interesting, noteworthy murder method comes to mind, if I can't think of a worthy character to carry it out, I don't do it. However, variation in murder methods is important, so I try to pay attention to that too. I think that's a good, solid answer because, like, it is, I think, one of the things that we all love about Danganronpa is how real the characters feel and how dynamic they are and how certain events in the games, like, connect to each other and build off of each other in meaningful ways. And so, yeah, I'm doing it. All right. And then the last question, the question that I asked him was which character he felt most similar to and why. And he said, basically, I want each character to have their own philosophy, so I won't let them reflect my own. In that sense, there are some characters that have a very opposite thought process from me. I cannot be positive like Makoto Nayagi, but maybe I am similar to Monokuma. This is because in each situation, Monokuma is the aggregation of dialogues written by my mischievous mind. As for Monokuma, I wrote the dialogues then and there without being conscious of his personality. So I could say that my words reflect Monokuma as they are. I'm not so mean as him, though. (laughs) That's such a good answer. I really love that. 
That makes Very. me appreciate Monokuma so much more. I know. So much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's basically yeah. like, yeah, Monokuma, that's that's what's going through my head, you know? It's just- <laughs> not as mean but very chaotic (laughs) that's awesome all right everybody thank you so much for tuning in to our one year anniversary thank you for being here we would not be here without y'all so thank you for just all of your support we love each and every one of you and thanks for getting us to a point where we could literally ask kadaka questions what is life i literally what how did that happen um Anyway, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're Ultra Hope Girls Podcast pretty much everywhere. So definitely check us out there. And if you are willing and able, please support us on Patreon if you can. The lowest tier is just $2 a month and you get access to a bunch of cool episodes. We were literally just talking before this about an episode that we're going to put on Patreon pretty soon. So really, really excited about that. And yeah, thank you so much for your support. And we love you guys. And have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.